you say that man is a wanderer and that you say there is a hell of a good universe and also a necessary universe next door let's get ready to go because we are going and you predict a good deal about what the nature of our venture out into the universe will be yeah the the basic argument there is um, is that we, we've talked about this before I wouldn't say man I'd say humans um, because it is in both both genders but we we are wanderers I mean you humans our species is a few hundred thousand years old our genus the genus homo uh the human family if you like is a few million years old we've had civilization only for the last eight or ten thousand years so uh we're wanderers who have uh, uh hit upon a brief sedentary hiatus and uh the, the wish to wander to follow the game uh, has to be built powerfully in us because millions of years is enough for genetic propensities to be established. And so, that, thinking in Darwinian terms, we are naturally wanderers because wandering was the trait in us that nature selected, and it selected it because the wanderers were the ones who survived. That's right. Who followed the game? Who uh, who came to the the trees when they were in fruit or nuts? And, and uh, that was how we, you know, before agriculture, that's how we lived. And uh, there's, you know, words like wanderlust, mm -hmm. which uh, which conveys something of that. But the earth is all explored. There's nowhere else to, to go. And we're, we're uh, sedentary and don't go anywhere. And a lot of people feel, I, I think a lot of people, maybe more men than women, feel it as a kind of uh, itch, uh, vague discontent about about not not and and that's why sports and war and occasional exploration and adventure really uh, are uh, are very attractive but well, it shows in our ordinary lives as well we are we still remain wanderers i'm sure that you who are much in demand i know around the country and around the world you have two invitations one for a very interesting conference in cleveland and another for a possibly less interesting conference in bucharest you'll probably go to bucharest uh, it depends whether I've been to Cleveland before, but but uh, uh, yes, of course you're right. Uh, it, it affects all aspects of our of our being, and the Earth is all explored except for the ocean bottom. There's no place to go. But at just this moment, exactly the technology that has permitted us to explore the Earth now is on the verge of permitting us to go to other worlds. We live, as your quote from E.E. E. Cummings says, in a hell of a solar system. It is glorious, magnificent, with uh, nine planets, uh, some 70-odd, uh, uh, very different, very interesting moons, tens of thousands of asteroids, trillions of comets, and uh, no two of them exactly alike, with all sorts of things about origins to learn from them, origin of our world, origin of ourselves, and some of them we can foresee the ability for us to live on to have self-sustaining communities on the French when they were investigating or rather colonizing or at least examining North America in the 17 in the early 17th century perhaps even earlier they the men that they sent up and down the rivers of middle America and Canada and so on were known as les voyageurs right the voyagers right and it seems to me that we've had voyageurs uh, certainly in our time that most of it we haven't yet settled any other planet but surely in our time and you've had a good deal to do with 
the construction of this aspect of our time. We've sent voyageurs out into space. They've landed on at least one other significant stellar body, so to speak, uh, or planetary body, namely the moon. And uh, you have sent, you've been involved with the Jet Propulsion Laboratory people in sending explorers of various kinds, mechanical explorers, but but uh, loaded with equipment designed by human beings to explore all the planets of the solar system. So we are already launched on our extraterrestrial extension, are we not? You're completely right. And in fact, two of the most successful robotic explorers were called Voyager. Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. And in fact, it is Voyager 1 that took the distant picture of the Earth as a pale blue dot, which gives the book uh, its title, Pale Blue. And I learned from this book, I didn't know the story behind this, that it was you who sort of pressed to get the valuable time of the camera and of the total equipment so as to take that picture. Some of the other people, particularly the government people, didn't want to bother utilizing their equipment to merely take a picture of the Earth. A few years ago,